Awesome. Thank you. Thank you, Megan. I, I just got a couple of reactions to some of the things I just heard and saw. First of all, I'm not worried about Dave's team at all in the scramble. So that's a relief. <laughs> yeah, you won't hear that coming from my team. Anyway, all right. All right so. uh, secondly, um, something that you might not know about the Bibles in Africa, uh, one of the things they're going to be able to do is go to a, wom- a woman's prison, and they're expecting to have uh, minimum, I, I-, I think the-, the smallest group that she's ever done this with was like three or 4,000 people. So every Bible that we do get is going to go to somebody. There's not going to be any, there's not going to be too many Bibles to take. So uh, the Bibles are going to somebody, either through the evangelism street-to-street thing or their ministry that they're doing on their, you know, around the community or at that prison, uh, they, will, they will give out as many Bibles as we have uh, to those people who will come to that meeting. Isn't that awesome? A great opportunity to, to preach the gospel there. Um, and then thirdly, for our membership meeting, something that you forgot to mention, which is pretty cool, is at 4.30, before the membership meeting, we are having an so, uh, ice cream social. Mm-mm-mm. So come on out, 4.30. We're going to have some ice cream. And, and, uh, but it's really important to be here, if you can all at all possibly be here and you're a member of our church, because we are looking at what God, well, I want to communicate to you what God has put on our heart on how we can love each other better. And we want to be a great family. We want to be the best spiritual family that we can be. And if you're a member, that includes you. How are, what is God calling us to, to do and how can we do that so that we can be healthy and meet each other's needs and be just thriving in life, right? I like the old, the old saying that's why we called our, our ministry to the young people here at our alternative ed, Thrive, because there's, you're not trying to just survive life. God wants you to thrive in life. We're not trying to survive. We're trying to thrive. We want to thrive in everything that we do. And today, uh, it seems like the word floating around is freedom. Uh, it's, been, it's been kind of uh, talked about a little bit this morning by the different people who have been a part of the service up here. And what I'm about to share with you today, I, I firmly believe uh, for some of you this morning, you are going to experience some freedom. And so I want to pray, okay, at the outset. Before, before we get into this, I want to make sure that our hearts are leaning into the possibility that we could walk out of here with some freedom that we didn't, didn't know was possible and that your life could literally be changed. Okay, but it only happens through the power of God and through, through your willingness to open your heart to hear from him. So let's pray for that, okay? Lord, we just offer our hearts, hearts to you this morning, and we're just people, but you, you have great plans for us. And as uh, we've been reminded by several different people, uh, your freedom, your freedom is available to us, and some, sometimes we just don't step into all that is possible, Today, I pray that our hearts will be open to hear from your spirit and your word, and there will be freedom in this place. There will be freedom in our hearts. People, Lord, right here in this congregation will walk out of here free from some of the crud of the, of the, of the words that have been spoken over them, or the words that they have spoken, or the things that have been told to them, or the way that they have viewed life. Today is a turning point for them. Lord, we just receive the ministry of your Holy Spirit right now to set us free. In Jesus' name, break chains, change minds, heal hearts, heal us, Lord. Set us free 
In Jesus' name, if you agree, say amen. 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 All right. Today, I want to talk to you about uh, Proverbs again, and the, the theme today is words, the power of words. And Proverbs has a lot to say about words, and I've got 10 principles I want to share with you. I don't know if I'll get all 10 of them in, but the, the Holy Spirit's going to speak to some of us, and when he does, you hold on to whatever he says, and at the end, we're going to have a prayer time to respond to what God is saying to you, okay? Uh, here's the three things that may happen during this message. Number one, you may realize that you've said some things you should not have said, and, and your response to that is to repent, okay? So if, if we're talking about words, and, and the Holy Spirit brings something to your remembrance, and you're like, oh, crap, I shouldn't have said that, okay? You know, or, oh, man, I didn't realize that. Then your response is to repent. Repent means to, to say, God, hey, God, I see that your way, I see what your way is and my way, and I choose your way. I, I did something wrong, and I'm sorry, I ask you to forgive me, but I turn to your way, and I'm not going to be doing that anymore. That's what repentance means, okay, to turn to God's way, all right? The second response you may, you may have today is uh, you may realize that some words that have been spoken to you or about you that you became aware of that was like a curse or a, a negative word has still a lingering effect on your life, and, you, and the Holy Spirit may point something out to you, and you may be like, whoa, I didn't realize that's still affecting me, but it is. And your response to that uh, is to uh, renounce your agreement with those words and be set free. To change your mind, in other words, to say, I'm no longer going to be held captive to somebody else's words over my life, and I'm going to walk out of this place free from that, from that curse, from that, those negative thoughts. That's, that could be your response. That could be what happens to you today. Uh, and then thirdly, what might happen is you might just be instructed this morning in some ways that you weren't walking in before you came in here that you want to now begin to walk in on your way out. You might want to walk in the path that God has for you so that you, your mouth, will be a fountain of blessing, that your words will be blessing and building up other people, and you may walk out of this place with a response to, I just learned something, and I need to adjust, and I want to train myself to, to do it God's way, not the way I've been doing it. Okay? Is that okay that I shared with you where we're going? So that the Word of God can now have its impact on us. So, uh, number one, our, our, our memory verse for today, and it's our principle number one, is words have power to create life or death. Uh, this is one of the most amazing things that, that I, I think of, is that we're all, everything was created by God's Word, and except us, He made us with His own hands. But everything else He spoke into existence, and then He created us in his image, and part of that image-bearing part of us is that we also have power in our words. We also can create life or death in our words because the, the words that you speak uh, come from the breath of God himself. When, when mankind was created, the Bible says that God uh, breathed his breath into man, and, and we became a living being. So the breath that you breathe right now is the Spirit of God. In Hebrew, it's the Ruach. The Ruach of God is why you're alive. It's the Spirit and the presence and the breath of God. And so when you speak, the breath of God is activated. 
That's why this, this is, uh, there's no idle words. There's no meaningless words. Uh, Jesus says every word that you speak, there's going to be an accounting for because it's creating something. You're either creating life or your death or death. It's all being created, and it's happening all the time. And so what, what our response to that is, let's learn how to be a fountain of life. Let's learn how to speak words of life. Let's not be flippant with our words. Let's not be casual with our words. Let's be meaningful and measured with our words because our words matter. They matter. And so the Bible says that there's power of life and death in Psalm, uh, Proverbs 18, 21, sorry. This is our memory verse. The tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. In other words, you will, uh, you will bear the fruit of your words. You will eat the fruit of your words. Whether they're life, you'll have a good, you know, a good uh, fruit. Or they're death, you'll have bad fruit. But it's, you're, going to be, you're going to be getting what you're saying, is what the Bible is saying here. Life and death are in the power of the tongue, okay? So we want to be careful with that. Now, from the, the verse just before that one says this, from the fruit of their mouth, a person's stomach is filled with the harvest of their lips. They are satisfied. The tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Just like last week when I shared on uh, prosperity, uh, the first principle there was tithing and giving to God, this first principle is the most powerful one because it sets the tone for everything, just like last week's principle number one. This sets the tone for everything. This covers it all right here, covers it all. Um, you remember the old child's uh, rhyme, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Who was the idiot who came up with that saying? I mean, come on. We all have been hurt by words. I mean, that's just a defense reaction to when a child is, is being teased and bullied or something, that they'll say that, and that's, and that's actually a good thing. It's a good thing to, to have this cognitive awareness to reject what the words are, and I'm going to talk about that in a minute. So that actually is a great thing. But the actual statement is completely wrong because words hurt. In fact, you know, I've broken uh, a couple of bones, one, two, I don't know, I can't remember, two or three. And every, one, two, three. I've broken three bones that I know of. Okay. And uh, every time I broke a bone, immediately I knew I broke a bone. I knew it. I just had the feeling, and I knew I broke a bone. And that hurt. The most pain I've ever been in was when I, when I had a, a super boiling giant mug of coffee dumped on my foot, and I, couldn't, and I had long socks on, and it soaked all of it up. I couldn't get my, my pants up fast enough, and then when I got my pants up, I rolled my sock down, all the skin just rolled right off my foot. That was the most pain I've ever had, physically. Uh, and, but I haven't suffered that much. That's just, that's not a big deal. That was, it hurt, but it wasn't life-threatening. But the idea that I'm saying is, but words, they hurt way worse than pain. And my foot, you know, was healed within, I'd say, three or four weeks. But some of the words that have been spoken over us, we're still suffering. The impact that words can have on our lives are incredible. I've told stories before about some positive words that literally changed the trajectory of my life. I was a beneficiary of the principle of life and death that are in the power of the tongue. I was on the good side of that. Uh, and I've also experienced some of the bad side, but early on, somewhere along the line, I, I learned some principles of, you know, in all those sci-fi movies, you got these 
things, these, these things called force fields, you know, Star Wars, or you have ships, and all of a sudden, put up the force field, and, and then, you know, a, a laser comes in and hits the shield and bounces off. Well, you need to have a force field. You just need to have that. I don't know if you have that or not. I don't know if you've ever thought about that or not. But just because somebody says something doesn't mean it's true. And just because someone's saying something about you or to you, you need to have like a force field button in your heart that internally you go, boom, and it just bounces off. Bounces off. Uh, Because words can do severe harm if you believe them. If you agree with them, if you let them come upon you and you let, your, let those words settle in your heart, that's when they, they have a huge impact on your life. And I want to equip you with some, you know, some tools to, to do that. One of them is you need to have that, that force field. Uh, Ma- uh, Jesus said this in Matthew chapter 12, 34. This is not in your notes if you want to write it down. And he says, out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. And so what he's saying is, it's from your heart that the words come from. So if you want to know what's in your heart, just listen to yourself talk. You ever been around somebody and all of a sudden something happened? Obviously something happened because they're just like, oh, I can't believe it. And you're like, whoa, easy, easy. What's going on here? You know, They're angry. Something in their heart, is, it has to come out their mouth and they have to get it out, but it's coming from their heart. Right? And you can be around people who uh, have positive hearts, you know, and good words are coming out. The Bible says whatever is stored up in your heart is going to come out your mouth. From the good stored up in your heart, good will come out of your mouth. From the evil stored up in your heart, the evil will come out of your mouth. And so if you want to know how to really change your words, how many of you know it's really a heart issue? Okay? It's a heart issue. And if you're having trouble with, with negative words, then what you need to do is you need to go through a process called renewing your mind by getting the word of God into your heart. The way that you change your words is not through self-discipline. It's not through, uh, you know, self-punishment or something. Like, you know, you're trying to, you, you can't do that. It comes from the heart. The only way to change your words is to change your heart. The only way to change your heart is to exchange what's in your heart for what is in God's word. If there's hurt in your life, it's going to come out of your mouth if you don't get healed. If there's anger in your heart, it's going to come out of your mouth until you release and forgive. And if you don't do what God says to do, then you're going to have a bunch of junk stored up in your heart, and the junk's going to come out of your mouth. And sometimes you'll be saying things to yourself and about yourself that's junk, that's hurting you. And sometimes you'll, you'll, you'll say wrong things or bad things or negative things about other people or to other people. So the key in all of this is we need to put God's word in our hearts. Get the junk out, because it's going to come out here if we don't get it out of here, so that we can be a fountain of blessing, okay? Proverbs 21, 23 says, those who guard their mouths and their tongues keep themselves from calamity. If you're able to guard your, your mouth and your words, you're, you're actually guarding yourself from trouble, okay? And so it's worthwhile learning how to do this according to God's word. I think it's interesting, Proverbs 11, 11 says that through the blessing of the upright, a city is exalted, but by the mouth of the wicked, it is destroyed. I look at our city, and for many years, we've been praying for unity in our community. Because when there's a, a spirit of negativity, and people are gossiping, and people are tearing people down, 
and people are criticizing leaders, what's going to happen to the city? The Bible says, through the mouth of the wicked, it is destroyed. Just through words, we can destroy ourselves. We can apply this to our families. If a city is exalted through the mouth of the righteous and it's also destroyed through the mouth of the wicked, a family can be destroyed through words. Or a family can be built up through words. Or a church can be built up through words or it can be destroyed through words. And because we're people. It's not about buildings and a city. It's not about, they're not talking about buildings in the city are gonna come down or your house is gonna collapse or this church building is gonna be destroyed. It's talking about the people, the people in the city, the people in the family, the people in our, in our church, right? And it's words that has the, 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 the most impact on the tone and the health and the vitality of whatever institution you're talking about, whether it's a company, the environment, that's set, or a church, or a family, or a community, uh, it's about the, the words that are being spoken. Can I get an amen from you? You agree with me? All right, principle number two. Um, it says the right word at the right time can have a huge impact. You can be used by God to give the right word at the right time, and it can literally change somebody's life. It can save somebody's life. We don't always know the end results of, of our activities. Once in a while, I hear uh, feedback from some of my activities, and there's been a few moments in my life where uh, the right word at the right time saved somebody or changed somebody, and it's, it's just amazing that that can happen. And, and that's probably happened in your life too, and you might not know it, and you might know it, but the Bible says, boy, if you're attentive to God, do you know God wants to use you to be the one to say the right thing at the right time to change somebody's life, to build them up, to save them, to encourage them. And uh, you can be that fountain of life. Uh, Psalms verses, or, I'm sorry, Proverbs chapter 10, 11 says, the mouth of the righteous is a fountain of life. Proverbs 10, 21 says, the lips of the righteous nourish many. Uh, Proverbs 12, 25 says, Anxiety weighs down the heart, but a kind word cheers it up. How many of you want to be that tree of life, that fountain of life, that nourishing voice in somebody's life, okay? God wants you to do that too. And here's, here's how I look at it. Not to, I'm not trying to get into some kind of weird theology or anything, but uh, when we speak evil, we are actually being used by the enemy to cause harm to somebody else. And when we are being used to bring life and nourishment and good and encouragement, we are being used by the Spirit of God to do what the Spirit of God does, which is build up, encourage, and, and, and give life. So your mouth really, you, 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 can, you can be used of the enemy, not possessed by the enemy. You're not filled with a demon or something. But when you're in a, a fit of rage, or you're selfish, or you're frustrated, or as my mom pointed out to me, I'm hangry. You know, I can be tired. If I'm tired or hungry, my mom knows. <laughs> okay? And in those moments of just selfishness or brokenness or pain or frustration, we could open our mouth. We could say something critical or mean or demeaning or off to somebody else, and it's going to hurt them and harm them, and that's not coming from the Spirit of God. It's not coming from the Spirit of God. 
And so we, we need to let God rule and reign in our hearts, okay? A right word at the right time can change a person's life, a word of encouragement, a word of wisdom, a word of faith, a word of confidence. I had a pastor friend of mine about three or four years ago. I was going through a very difficult thing, and uh, I reached out to him for some advice and for some help, and I was really, really at a bad place uh, emotionally, and he gave me a word over the phone, and it, was just, it just reset me. It just re-encouraged me, and it, it just saved me from just being stupid or giving up, and it just encouraged me. And it was the right word at the right time. So you got to have, if you want the right word at the right time, just a little side note, make sure you got the right people around you, okay? If you don't have the right people around you, you aren't going to get the right word at the right time. You're going to get the wrong word at the wrong time, okay? All right, principle number three, words should be carefully measured. In other words, don't talk too much. Some of you are like, yes, pastor, don't talk too much. So, uh, so uh, Proverbs 17, 27 to 28. The one who has knowledge uses words with restraint. And whoever has understanding is even-tempered. I love this next phrase, verse 28. Even fools <laughs> are thought wise if they keep silent and discerning if they hold their tongues. The Bible says, uh, let me read the next, next proverb to you. Proverbs 10, 19, in the Amplified says, where there are many words, transgression and offense are unavoidable. The more you talk, the more likely it is you're going to mess up, you're going to say something you shouldn't say. That's what the Bible's saying. Be careful. Think about what you're going to say, and then don't say it. <laughs> no, keep it simple. Keep it uplifting. Keep it encouraging, okay? And the Bible says don't, don't be around someone who talks a lot, Proverbs 20, 19, a gossip betrays a confidence, so avoid anyone who talks too much. If you're talking a lot, you're probably gossiping, or you're saying something you should not be saying. So the Bible says, do not do that. Do not be used to bring harm or cause harm to somebody else, okay? Something to think about. All right. Principle number four is gossip. I want to talk about that for a minute. Gossip this is obvious. It destroys friendships and it harms people. But what gossip is, is it is toxic. And I want to explain to you a principle that I learned about seven years ago or so about gossip in the Bible. The biblical idea of gossip is this. It's called evil speech. Uh, I can't remember the Hebrew for it. Laran, hurrah, or something like that. But it's, it's called evil speech. It's speech that is used to harm somebody else and God equates it, this is going to shock you a little bit, but God equates it to murder. Evil speech is to hurt somebody else. And you remember when Jesus came and, and he said, well, you've heard it say, do not murder. But I say, if you have hatred in your heart for someone, then you're guilty of murder. If you have hatred in your heart and then you speak evil speech, because out of, the, out of the heart, the mouth speaks, and you're mad, and you're offended, and you're angry, and you say something about somebody else to hurt them and to, to slander them or to diminish them in the eyes of somebody else, that's called evil speech, and you're hurting them. You're trying to 
You're trying to hurt them, and God equates that to murder. When Miriam did this to Moses, I don't remember if you know this story or not, but Miriam was kind of gossiping about Moses. He's like, why is Moses in charge? And he's got, uh, he's got two wives. He's got, he married this Midianite woman, and I don't know, nah, 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 whatever. She's talking to Aaron, and, and God said, uh-uh-uh, you do not do that. There's no evil speech going around out here. And he struck her with leprosy. That's how serious God took it. And so Moses is like, oh, no, my sister. This was his sister. It wasn't just some random Israelite. It was his sister. And, and so God, uh, Moses goes before God and pleads for her cause. He says, oh, God, please, please heal her. Please, uh, you know, I forgive her, you know, release her from this. And God said, well, yeah, I will, but she's going she's gonna to experience this for a season. And so for a week or two, she was exiled from the camp because of her leprous condition. And then God restored her. But do you see what I'm saying? We, in our society, we think gossip is just normal. We just think that's just, that's just communication. We're just sharing information or whatever. But it's very serious. It's very serious. This may be one of those moments where God is uh, convicting you of something you need to stop doing. And in the, in the end of the service, if, you're, if you've been gossiping, you need to repent and you need to, you need to surrender your mouth to the Lord and not be used by the enemy to hurt somebody else because it destroys people. It destroys people. Uh, here's a couple of different uh, verses to go with this. Proverbs 26 says, Without wood, a fire goes out. Without a gossip, a quarrel dies down. As charcoal to embers and as wood to fire, so is a quarrelsome person for kindling strife. Gossips kindle strife. They cause problems and quarrels. They hurt people. Proverbs 17.9 says, whoever would foster love covers over an offense, but whoever repeats the matter separates close friends. Proverbs 11.9, with their mouths, the godless destroy their neighbors, but through knowledge, the righteous escape. Proverbs 11.12 and 13, whoever derides their neighbor has no sense, but the one who has understanding holds their tongue. Okay, a gossip betrays a confidence, but a trustworthy person keeps secret. Proverbs 10, 19, 18, whoever conceals hatred with lying lips and spreads slander is a fool. I want to share with you the difference between grace and gossip, okay? When you hear something of somebody, when you know something of someone, and, and, you, and, and, and there's a tendency to, you know, share that information, that's, that's, that's something you shouldn't do. Great, this is what grace does. Grace covers somebody's wrong, okay? Gossip uncovers and exposes. If you're an exposer, you're a gossiper. If you're, if you're one who covers and just keeps secret and keeps it to yourself, then you're operating in grace. The Bible says um, right here, I think I read it already, uh, whoever would foster love covers over an offense. In the New Testament, we know that sin covers a multitude of wrongs, or love. What did I say, sin? Love, love covers a multitude of wrongs. What's that mean? That means you cover it. You, you, you protect the person. You don't expose the person, okay? Is this making sense to anybody? Okay, now grace forgives. Someone hurts you, offends you, then you forgive because you wanna be free, and you want to follow God, and you forgive. 
But a gossip is someone who wants vengeance, who's hurt and is going to hurt back. And so if you're hurting back, you're operating in that spirit of slander and gossip, you're not operating the way God wants you to, to operate. He wants you to forgive and release people. Okay, don't convict them. And then grace, I love this, grace gives people the benefit of the doubt. And gossip always jumps to the worst possible conclusion. Gossip is a judger. It says, they, they did this and they must, and they're just filling in all the motives and all the reasons, and they just did a whole trial and they, you know, hit the anvil and that person is convicted and then they let everybody else know. And they just jump to the worst because there's something going on in their heart. Jealousy, envy, you know, anger, something. They're not feeling good about themselves. I don't know. But for some reason, we think that putting somebody else down makes us better for some reason. And, but it's, it's not true. But grace does just the opposite. It gives people the benefit of the doubt. Have you ever been given the benefit of the doubt? Oh, man. It's a great feeling to be given the benefit of the doubt. In other words, to think the best possible scenario about that person. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, uh, there's a, a billion examples we could come up with, but if someone does something, what does your mind run to? Oh, they don't like me. They didn't even say hi to me. They just walked right on by me. Like right now, we just did some greeting, and I went this way. And someone over here could be like, oh, pastor didn't even come my way. He probably saw me and was mad at me and didn't want to talk to me. I'm leaving. I'm out of here. This is it, you know. No. I'm just, that doesn't happen, I don't think, but maybe it does. So I'm just giving you a, just a crazy, silly example. And, and your mind could, like, assign motives. It could come up with all kinds of different thoughts and thinking and and you just got this whole trial going on in your head, and then you come to some kind of conclusion, and then maybe you try to deal with it internally, but some of us, we spit it out. Or what about, oh, you know, and you come up with the best possible scenario. Pastor's so good with me, he doesn't even need to say hi to me. I'm doing such a great job. He loves me so much. He's got he's to talk to some other people, you know, some other people, you know, whatever. But to give people the benefit of the doubt and to think the best of them is, is something that would be worth your effort to try to change your mindset. It'll set you free, okay? All right, number five, kind or gentle words suppress conflict, but harsh words stimulate conflict. And you know the old analogy of a bucket of water and a bucket of gasoline. And when there's a fire, which one are you going to use? <laughs> See? So... You, if you want to stir it up, you want to make it rougher and tougher on everybody around, you just give some gasoline. You pour some harsh words right back. Someone says something to you, you say back to them and watch what happens, okay? Or the Bible says, or you can have a gentle answer and it's like pouring water on a fire. It will just go out. It will, it will, suppre it will suppress the, the conflict, okay? Uh, Proverbs 15, 1 and 2, a gentle answer turns away wrath but a harsh word stirs up anger. The tongue of the wise adorns knowledge, but the mouth of the fool gushes folly. So do not be foolish. All right, principle number six, and this is what I wanna, I wanna hang out for a second. Okay, word curses can be rejected and broken. Okay, 
Word curses can be rejected and broken. Let me just give you some, some scriptures, and then we'll talk about it. Proverbs 12, 13, it says, Evildoers are trapped by their sinful talk, and so the innocent, and so the innocent escape trouble. Proverbs 20, 20, if someone curses their father and mother, their lamp will be snuffed out in pitch darkness. I just think that's a good old, healthy, fashion, old-fashioned uh, reminder. Okay, anyway, Proverbs 26, 2, I love this one. Like a fluttering sparrow or a darting swallow, an undeserved curse does not come to rest. Um, James 3.10 says, From the same mouth come blessing and cursing. And, uh, and, and Romans 12.2 says, Do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, is good, pleasing, and perfect will. There's this crazy... Uh, principle hidden in the book of Leviticus. If you've ever read Leviticus, then congratulations. You're a, you're a real devout Christian. All right, good job. Uh, anyway, in Leviticus, there's some amazing things when you actually start studying, studying the book. Uh, and somewhere in there, it talks about how there's a, a family situation, and the daughter makes a vow. And it says, when the, when the father hears of the vow... If he doesn't do anything, the vow stands. But if he hears of the vow and he says, no, I cancel that vow, then it's canceled. And if the wife makes some kind of a vow and the husband hears about the vow and the husband does nothing, then it stands. But if he hears the vow and he nullifies it, then it's nullified, it's canceled. Uh, there's a principle in there, and it's talking about, you know, not quite this concept, but I believe the principle is very clear there that if, if, uh, if you uh, hear a curse, you hear something spoken about you, and you do nothing, then you let it stand. But if you internally or even out, outward say, uh-uh, nope, that's not me, oh, that's not true, uh, and you cancel it, then it, it falls nullified. Internally, this stuff is going on all the time. All right, so someone says something to you, and internally, you have to make a decision. Am I going to just, oh, just, just take it in, and oh, you know, and you just let that thing settle, then it begins to affect you. Or internally, you could be saying, nope, that's not true. I don't believe that. That's not me. I'm not accepting that. And you cancel it. Then you can have that. You have the power to cancel those words. And if someone is talking to you, and I've seen this happen, I've done it, I've heard other people around us do it, I've seen it, I've seen it modeled in my life, I grew up in a home where this happened all the time. If I say something wrong, uh, and, and when I was growing up in my family, if I said something wrong, uh, I would hear about it. I'd be like, no, that's not true. I'm like, okay, I'm just saying what I'm feeling, you know? <laughs> you know but we are never allowed to really be negative in our family, which I'm super thankful for now, but when I would get negative, my dad would say, no, that's not true. This is what's going to happen. And he would cancel it and then do the opposite. He would never let anything just settle. And so for you and for me personally, we need to be able to do this all the time. That's the force field I was talking about. And when we sing a song like today, um, 
I am chosen, I'm whatever, sing it, whatever. I am who he says I am. And we're talking about the image of Christ. I'm a son, I'm a daughter of God. And there's a whole lot of things that, that goes into that, that we study and that we learn and we keep growing. This becomes our identity and anything that comes at us that doesn't line up with this should bounce off, should bounce off. You should reject it. You should reject it, okay? Because we're talking about identity issues here. And what's, what's amazing about, about our brains is our words actually come from our thoughts, okay? And our thoughts come from what's going on in our heart. So our words really give us a clue to what's going on on the inside of us. And so if we, again, like I said at the beginning, if we want to change our words, it's not about just getting better at disciplining our, our tongue. It's really about going back to the issue of the heart of who we are in God and who we're not, okay? And correcting that, and that will correct our words. And that's where Romans 12, 2 comes in. Do not be conformed or pressed into the mold of this world. Don't think the way this fallen, dark, broken world thinks. Don't buy into what this world says is important. Don't have the same mindset or morality or beliefs that a fallen, broken, dark, in bondage world has, but be renewed. Change your mind. Line your thoughts up with who God says you are. Then you'll know what God's perfect, pleasing will is for your life. You'll be clear-minded. <clears throat> I'm getting a little excited. <clears throat> Didn't swallow for like two minutes here. <clears throat> so that's what, that's what that verse is talking about. It's like a real practical verse, isn't it? That we can't think like the world thinks. We need to believe who God says that we are. And so I am so thankful that we sang another song about the name of Jesus. The name uh, of Jesus says, at his name, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus is in charge. He is Lord. And there is no other name that is greater than his name. No greater authority than the name of Jesus. And we can break any chains. We can break any word curses that have been spoken over our lives. You can, you can break those today, and we're going to, and you can be free. You have to change your mind. You have to decide that is not who I am just because my mom said that's who I am or my dad or my sister or my brother or my coach or my teacher or because I said that's who I am. I can change my mind, and if God doesn't say that's who I am, then I'm not going to believe it anymore. I'm going to believe what God says. And if you decide to do that, literally inside of your brain, we can see this on video of, of neurological studies, you can see your brain actually pop a little thinking bubble, and it will change, and it will grow a new synapse in a different direction. I showed a video a couple weeks ago. I did an assembly at the school on this topic. And you go online and search this stuff up. You can see brain activity, and you see all this activity going on, and then it says, watch this. A person just created a new, new thought. And these little strings go like this. They float around, and they go, and they connect. In your brain, when you change your mind, this is what happens. Disconnects, connects somewhere else. It's a miracle. Oh, thank you, sir. You have that power through God to change your mind. 
But once you change your mind, you're changing your heart, you're changing your mind, the words will take care of themselves because you're a different person now. Isn't that awesome? So today I want to pray for a miracle for you. Um, I'm not going to go any further. I think you can look at the other notes. I'd rather spend the rest of our time praying for each other. Um, and so let's do that. Let's stand together. We're going to have a time of ministry. I'd like to ask some of our leaders and our elders, if you guys would please come forward up front. Uh, if you're an elder or maybe a ministry leader that would like to help pray, we, I would like several of us, because I'd like everybody to come forward today for prayer this morning. First of all, uh, you can play some background music if you want, buddy. First of all, there is a response of repent that I'm sure all of us can, can, uh, can say, yeah, I think there's something that I can, I can repent from. Repenting from words spoken against others, to repent from gossip, to repent from even speaking words over ourselves that are negative, uh, that are not in alignment with God's word, anything that we have said that is not in alignment with God's truth, we want to repent from. We want to break that, that, those words. And uh, if there's some specific examples, I want to give you a moment to be able to just clean that up before God. Because what happens is, you've, if you've cursed somebody, if you said something that's hurt somebody, we want, we want to, on our side, do everything we can to break the power of those words. Because those words are powerful. And so on our side of things, we want to nullify and break, you know, the effect of those words spoken. And we pray and hope that the other person will also be able to do their side of things, which is reject those words, be healed from those words, and not let those words have any more, uh, you know, uh, substance in their life. If there's any, you know, follow-up that God leads you to do, to write a letter, make a phone call, or just be praying for that person, that's between you and God. You should do that, whatever that is. Okay, but you, sometimes you don't even need to do that because sometimes it'll make it worse. So don't, don't do anything. Just make sure that God is telling you what to do if you do anything at all. But from this moment on, we need to break the power of those words that we spoke. Okay, you guys with me on that? And I want you to understand that you have the same problem. Sometimes our worst enemy is ourselves and we have spoken things over ourselves, about ourselves, to ourselves, said things about ourselves to other people, that is the same thing. We have canceled, We need to cancel those words out against ourselves because it's holding us back and it, the, those, those words have power. Okay, so that's the first response I want to lead us in and we're just going to do that right where we are, okay? So let's, if you're willing to repent, then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lead you in a prayer and uh, we're just going to, we're going to just do some business here this morning. Sound good? All right. Let's go to, to the Lord in prayer. Thank you, Lord. Just, I want you to say this after me. Say, Lord Jesus, thank you for grace. And I choose today to walk in grace with my words. And I repent from words that I've spoken, uh, whether it was gossip or, or hurtful words or slander against others or hurtful words or curses I have spoken against myself. I repent and I break the power of those words off of my life and off of those that I've spoken against. 
In Jesus' name. Words, you are now canceled. In Jesus' name. You're covered by the blood of Jesus. And I pray for those that have hurt. Lord, release them. In Jesus' name. From the harm that, that those words caused. Let them be free right now and build them up and bless them in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. I dedicate my mouth, my tongue, my lips, my words to your service. Holy Spirit, let me be a fountain of life, a fountain of blessing, a nourishing river to those who come in contact with me. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Amen. All right. Now, uh, the second response that I want to ask you to, to do is if you have any awareness of any kind of words that have been spoken over you that have had a significant impact on how you think of yourself in a negative way, then I would like you to take a moment to come to one of our prayer teams, and we want to break break that off of you. Now, what we're going to do first is we're going to do a corporate prayer right now, and then I'm asking you to individually, if it's had a significant impact on your life, you, you feel like it's not, it hasn't had closure, and you think it's still something that has been really impacting you, then I need you to come forward and get some just extra blessing from, from our, our leaders. We're going to lead you through a prayer and just set you free. Jesus is going to set you free, okay? So what happens here now is Somewhere along the line, words were spoken. Our brain agreed. Our brain agreed. Because if it's affecting us, that means we bought into it. We agreed to it. So you need to change your mind. So we're going to repent for believing those words spoken over us. And then we're going to, then I need you to fill in the blank for me. And you need to say who you really are in Christ. You can't, can't just break something and kick something out and not replace it. You need to replace it. You know what I'm saying? So whatever the situation is, um, let's say that, um, just take an easy one. Someone says, you're not lovable. I don't care about you. And so you feel rejected. You can say, I am not rejected. I am loved. I am deeply loved by God. I am, I am his treasured possession. God, I think that's who I am. You have to say something like that. That's not who I am. This is who I am. Okay? So let's pray that prayer, and then we're going to come forward. And, uh, and receive prayer. And if you guys, do you have a song you can sing for us? Okay. All right, let's go to prayer, okay? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you for freedom. Thank you, Lord, for right now. This is a life-changing moment right now for some in this room. God, I thank you for the power of your word that overcomes and breaks the power of our word when we submit it to you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for the life change that's gonna change that's going to happen right now. All right, let's pray this together. Say, Lord, hard, hard things have been said. Words have been spoken. And I repent from believing those negative ones, the hurtful ones, the things that are not from you, that maybe were spoken in somebody else's frustration or anger or foolishness, but I believed them and today, right now, I repent. I change my mind. That's not who I am. Brain, change. Right now, in Jesus' name. I am loved 
I am the treasured possession of Almighty God. I am forgiven. I am special. I am handcrafted. I have a future. I have a hope. I was made on purpose, for a purpose. I am the child of God. I have everything I need for life and for godliness. God is with me. God is for me. And God is in me. God will never leave me. I got everything I need to be highly successful. Thank you, Father. So right now, Lord, I repent of believing those words. I change my mind. I believe you and who you say I am. And I walk out of this place today with freedom in Jesus' name. This, these words will no longer chart my course or influence my emotions or my decisions. I break them right now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Let's give him a round of applause. Thank you, Jesus, for your freedom. Thank you, Lord. And I want to invite you to uh, just come forward and let's receive prayer and let's worship the Lord. I'll come back in a few moments and close us, okay? But let's worship the Lord. Please come forward, meet with the prayer team, or you can kneel at the altar as well if you'd like to and just finalize what God wants to do in your heart this morning. Amen.